Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. Wait a minute. So, yeah, we're, we're back on the air. Uh, we were going to record uh, this episode uh, a few days ago, actually, maybe several days ago, but um, we didn't because I was having a lot of trouble talking and enunciating, and probably you still can hear me kind of having trouble getting some of my words out, and they don't sound quite right. Um, and that's because of uh, a tongue disorder I have called geographic tongue. It basically is a is kind of affects the top layer of the tongue uh, to give it the appearance of having like little islands and archipelagos. Archipelagos. Yeah, those things. And it's a sensitivity, kind of like a mild burning sensation. So I've been pretty silent the last few days. Would you say so, Mary? Yeah. Comparatively. And so I wasn't really in any kind of shape where we could do the podcast. Uh, other than maybe uh, having Mary kind of translate what I was saying. But the problem with that is I think Mary would kind of translate everything I said as um, I was promising to give her a thousand foot rubs or taking her to Paris. Which are not things that I promise to do. Those are not binding promises. Aww. <laughs> but I'm now in a position where I actually can enunciate some of my words anyway. So we're now doing the uh, podcast. So the first uh, topic on our on our agenda here is uh, foot rub. Not a foot rub, Mary. No. Uh, Cole, Cole Worley's game in Infamous Traffic, uh, which was just nominated by uh, Heavy Cardboard for uh, the Golden Elephant Award, which is given to the the best heavy game uh, of the year. So it's uh, in the running along with, I want to say, five other games. And the folks at Heavy Cardboard did a teaching video showing you how to, how to play the game. So there's been kind of an uptick in interest in the game, an uh, uptick in the sales, and uh, which is very nice, and an uptick in... Uh, interest from people who are overseas wanting to know when the game is going to come to Europe. And by that, they mean through a traditional distribution network and one that won't have kind of that hefty international shipping charge. And we touched on this in our last episode because there's a question we get asked a lot, um, like two or three times a day uh, these days. Yeah, the answer still is that the way our printing method works, there isn't a way for us to, to do that. So still, uh, right now, the best way to get the game, if you're one of our overseas customers, uh, is if not to order it from our website, then uh, get get the print-and-play version or get a group of people together, you know, from your, uh, your area, your locality, and uh, do a kind of a group order. So that's uh, all we got on that right now. But we're very excited about the game uh, having this nomination and really excited about that, that teaching video. It's a game that is can be very challenging. The mechanics are simple, but the ramifications of the actions you take are not. A lot of people have been asking, like, how, how, how do I play this? How do I wrap my head around it? And I think that video really does a good job of that. And apparently, uh, because their play of the game had a very kind of austere uh, economy, uh, as it were, uh, and went very differently than any play they had done previously. Uh, they're supposed to be doing a second play of the game sometime in the near future. So watching those two videos, comparing and contrasting it, I think is going to be uh, really something special there. 
Uh, and that's really something about Cole's game is that every time you play it, it really is kind of a different experience in a different game. So uh, we're, we're very pleased with that nomination. And, uh, you know, congratulations, Cole. You did a great job. Yes, definitely. Congratulations, Cole. Yep. And, and we can put the link in the... Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll put, put the, the link, link in the yeah. description so of the podcast. Don't have to search for it. Yeah, you won't have to search for it. It's, it's, it's below this recording somewhere. Unless you've downloaded it and are listening to it on some kind of device. In case it's not, don't look. It's not below there. But otherwise, it is. So last week, we had a new game come out. Uh, Optimates at Popularis, which is our game about politics in the Roman Republic. And it sold pretty well, I think. I think it's doing a little better than than we probably imagined it would. Yeah. I, I would I would agree with that. So I, I was kind of apprehensive about it, because politics can be kind of a tough sell. And so I was kind of worried, like, well, what if this game kind of flops? You know, I don't want to flop. Now, we kind of have a, a method, a publishing method, where, you know, even if we sell just a handful of copies, we're going to get our money back. So at that point, you know, is it really a flop? But this is all pretty well, considering the topic. So political games can sometimes be kind of a tough sell. Uh, the seven that Ty Bomba mentioned in one of the Facebook threads. There have been political games all along, like Plots Assassinate Hitler, Origins of World War II, which I own that one. It's, it has a kind of handsome bookcase uh, thing that I like. You can call it handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not so impressed with it, but I, I, I like the whole bookcase uh, element of it. The game itself is, is not great because it's, it's like a diplomatic game with a CRT, and it doesn't, you don't CRT people to get them to be on your side. A couple people asked, uh, what was the question, Mary? Uh, why isn't it a three or four player game? I'm probably going to be writing a blog post about this, because I, I always try to find ways to milk a blog post out of something. But um, this particular design, uh, it really is about that ideological conflict, about the Optimates versus the Popularis. So it doesn't really make sense to approach it from the multi-factional uh, viewpoint. You know, something like Republic of Rome, for example, or uh, Chicken Caesar, for that matter. Uh, both of those games, my understanding, is that you are representing a particular uh, politician or a family and trying to advance your your prestige and your wealth and your, your honor and all that good stuff. And so you're using the politics as kind of uh, a means to that end. And then you have something like uh, Pericles, the, the Mark Herman game, where you have the two sides, uh, Athens and Sparta, and within each side you have the two factions, which are kind of opposing each other, while some to work together against, you know, the other city-state. And those work for those particular uh, games, those particular conflicts, but this is specifically about that conflict between the Altamates and the Populares between these two ideologies that are diametrically opposed, that are mutually exclusive, is a game about brinksmanship, about partisan deadlock. It's really about scoring points, both literally and figuratively. Because of that, it just makes more sense for it to be a two-player game for the kind of game it is. What's next on our uh, agenda there, Mary? Charlie Man! Also known as Char Charlemagne. Mary likes to... Uh, pronounced Charlemagne as Charlie Man. So what we do when we are proofreading rule books 
is we each have it open on our computer, individual computers, and as Mary reads it aloud, and so when, when we do that, Mary pronounces Charlemagne, it's Charlie Man. Uh, she also likes to pronounce Roman numerals. So when we were doing uh, the rulebook for Horse and Musket, you know, Charles Twelfth is in that game, and every time Charles Twelfth showed up, uh, here's like, Charles... X-I-I. Charles X-I-I. Is he related to Augustus I-I? And actually, while we were proofreading that, we came to realize that Charles XII is referred to as Charles XII a lot. So we kind of took out some of the twelves just because of the way Mary was reading it. So I'm glad Mary did that. That's also why the Shot and Shell Battle series is called what it is, because the kind of rule set, of course, system originated with my game Blood on the Alma, uh, and then it's a sequel... Blood in the Fog, and then the Blood Before Richmond uh, games. Blood, blood, blood! And every time Mary says the word blood, she does that. Blood. Oh, I just... And, and the thing is, it actually... It provokes a physical reaction in me. I love you, Mary. I love you, too. I love you more. So, uh, we just finished primary testing on Charlemagne. And what that means, <laughs> what that means is that we have a stable rule set. The game has been tested and tested and tested. And as far as the kind of active development goes, it is pretty much finished. We're now at the stage where we have other people coming in and testing it, um, kind of blind testing. And we put out the call for that. Was it yesterday, Mary? Yep. Yep. It was yesterday. We got a few responses, didn't we, Mary? We got quite a few responses. Yeah. <laughs> we got more than we got for any other thing we put out there for testing. So, uh, and that's really a good sign, I think, because I think people really enjoyed and responded to the Agricola game. So we're really excited about entering this phase with Charlemagne. And also, uh, I'm kind of sad a little bit, because there's kind of a, a melancholy feeling when you finish something that you spend a lot of time on. When, when you put yourself into something and you're focused on that day after day after day after day, week after week, and then it stops. It, I used to get kind of restless and, and listless and don't know what to do with myself and probably get a little difficult to live with for a few days. Yep. <laughs> no hesitation. Yep. Charlemagne has been in the form it's in for a long time now. And at any point over the last few weeks, like I said, okay... I'm done. Let's turn over to the blind testers, and and I've been reluctant to do so, just because there's kind of this this real melancholy feeling when you finish something. So that's pretty much all we have for you guys uh, this time around. Bye. <laughs>